recorded live from Portland, Oregon. It's the Transamorous Network Podcast. Let's get it on. Hey there, this is Perry Gruber from Transamorous Podcast. I have Remy. Hello. And Shannon with us. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. You know, it was a difficult one making sure this show happened today. <laughs> My cat had a urinary cat, or urinary cat, <laughs> urinary tract infection. I was at the emergency room this morning, so I was worried that I was not going to be able to make it today. But I'm glad to see you, Remy, and I'm glad to see you, Shannon. Thanks, Thanks Perry. Shannon looks fantastic. Yes, Thank she you. Does. She looks fantastic. And I, oh. but I just heard, <laughs> she was saying she just woke up 30 minutes ago. And I was like, how did you put yourself together so quickly and get down here? It's magic. Something's going on. <laughs> I want that spell. I know, right? So today we have out of, uh, I think, North Carolina, we've got uh, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, welcome. Welcome. Hello. Good, good to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how did we meet, Emery? Was it was it okay, Cupid? It was over Tumblr. Over Tumblr. Yeah. So we have a number of ways to reach out to the trans community here at the Transamorous Network podcast and um, finding guests. And I found Anne Marie via our Tumblr page. And thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. So why don't we start with with just your background with regard to. Um, your dating life and um, who you are and what's going on. Okay. Um, my name's Anne Marie, as he said. Um, I'm from North Carolina, uh, which, as most people know, have been has been a bit of a struggle uh, the past month or so. But um, as for my dating life, I've um, I'm I'm bi, so I've dated both guys and girls, and currently I'm uh, I have a girlfriend. Her name's Erica, and she's wonderful. <laughs> And um, I've, I've dated three guys, actually. Um, one of them was a real heel. He really was. But um, the other two were real sweet. Um, yeah. And so that was, <laughs> that was a little well, all right. nervous ending there. Okay. Well, of course, of course Emery, the first thing you want to hear about is all the negative stuff. So tell us about the heel. I've never that, that word heel. I love that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, <laughs> like, give me the dirt first, yeah. bitch. I was gonna go the other direction, but that's okay. <laughs> um, his name was Chris, and he wait, no names. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm know, just kidding. Just no full names. Hundreds of people named Chris, you know. Um, no, he he was he was sweet, but he was also pretty manipulative, which. Aww. Was a sweet bastard. <laughs> so how how did you guys meet you and Chris? Uh, we uh, we go to the same school. Do you still go to the same school? Yes. Mm. Bummer. Awkward. So when you say yeah. Chris, when you say that Chris was manipulative, was he manipulative just because that's who he is as a person? Is we was he trying to work his way around dating a trans woman? I'm trying to to see if there's a relation there, or if he's just a jerk all around. Um. <laughs> To be honest, I say he's just a jerk all around. <laughs> so it's it's hard. So okay. So so well, it, my question. Sorry, that's okay. So at, at the so here at our podcast and in the network, we we have this philosophy, Anne Marie, and it's you create your own reality with your thoughts and your beliefs. And so the the what you're describing about Chris is more about an interpretation of who Chris is than really who Chris might be. Could you find some room to agree with that? Well, yes. He 
he has had a lot of struggle in his life. Like he, um, he struggled with uh, mental illness. He had anxiety as well as um, borderline personality disorder, which can be very difficult. And you know, obviously, he and I had many good times, but um, in the end, he just didn't see the kind of pain that he was inflicting. Right. And I'm the sort of like nurturing personality. Um, I really want to help people. Like that. That's just that's just ingrained in me. So I always wanted to help him, but he he constantly took and took and took. And never gave regard for giving. And can can it's interesting the relations how relationships work like this because we tend to don't we tend to choose people who fit perfectly our own stories like here here we have a at a the person moment. Who, yeah at the moment right we mm-hmm. have this we have a person who's naturally a giver and of course um, she is going to attract someone who's going to necess- possibly take and so confront her with with her own stories about herself and about. Are you crying? No. Oh. Do I look like I'm crying? Yeah, you got. It looks like you got a little shine right there. Oh, I'm sweating. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in She's our studio. She's glistening <laughs> with fabulous. Yeah. Okay. It's the magic <laughs> still wearing off. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I need to mind my business. So, right. so anyway, so yeah, so so it's it's interesting that 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 the there was there was a point I'm sure where you and Chris got along. You were in a relationship, well, right? certainly. Right, and then things started going south in some way or another. And and at the end of the south direction, Chris ended up turning into a, what was the word that she used? A heel. A heel. <laughs> and, and, of course, I presume you don't have any, do you have any negative um, interpretation of your behavior in the relationship? Well, obviously, both of us made our own choices. And sometimes, I mean, that, mind you, there were a lot of very difficult moments um, in the relationship that are uh, that are hard to describe in just a few minutes, you know? Right, right. And in a way, a lot of the craziness that occurred, it made me go to some crazy options and have to do crazy actions because of it. Can you be a little specific? Making extreme... Uh, I, I can, I can. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a little dark, but... That's okay. There, there was one moment in time where he was dealing so hard with the pressure of, like, school and, and everything around him that um, his episodes were... These, these panic attacks and dealing with his borderline personality disorder, it was sending him over the edge, and sometimes he just wasn't himself. And he had to go to the hospital because, quite frankly, he was threatening to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I took him to the hospital, and he had to stay there in a behavioral unit for about a week. Wow. And that was during a time when I was doing a show. I do theater. And, you know, it was it was heartbreaking to... Because at the time, the relationship was really good. And it was heartbreaking having to go through that, and then later, him taking advantage of me and how did he how did he take advantage of you well he well he's cheated on me several times and well there, there 
<laughs> it's so hard to describe because it was such a long moment in time. Yeah. And it was very important to me because it taught me a lot of things. And that kind of goes into the question that actually I have is, how were you feeling about yourself during this time and during this relationship? Um, horrible, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I went through probably the darkest moments of my life in that relationship uh -huh. um, where even I found myself at the precipice of like quite frankly killing myself and that you know I I've, thank goodness I've never been back there and you know everything is up and up and up um, but that is the first time I found out that he cheated on me what was the situation that you were going through um, independent that your personal things that you just described was it independent of your relationship what do you mean what, what oh, no, no 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 it was very much a part of it so mm -hmm. so the the kind of the dark night of the soul experience that you just described was happening because it was being triggered by the relationship or were these issues you were dealing with just on your own and it just happened to be happening in the context of your relationship um, they were very, like, I would say 90-10, like, 90% the relationship and 10% on my own. Okay. Were you um, able to see that at the time? And and if so, then why did you decide to stay, especially after the first infidelity? Well, at the time, I had burned a lot of bridges, and I was under a lot of stress, and I had made him my whole world. Right. And I felt like there was nowhere else I could go. I mean, I stopped talking to my family at that time. And my family, I mean, has been such a great support. And, you know, even I was alienated from them. And all he and I ever did was just, like, get high and drink and just try to forget our problems. And my life was just tumbling down. It, was, it really was the lowest time of my life because you made your life, you chose to make your life about him, and as he spiraled down, you piggybacked. Yeah. I completely can relate to this situation. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, The reason I moved to Portland in the first place is because I was in a bad relationship that went worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, there was cheating, there was lots of mental abuse, there was spiritual mm -hmm. abuse, and there was actually physical abuse. Um, and I thought I would never be that one. You know, you watch TV, you know, I'll never be that bitch. Oh, but I was that bitch. Yeah. I was the one. And, you know, it wasn't until a certain point, you know, only 100% dissatisfaction brings about change. Absolutely. And until you get to that point of 100%, you're not going to do any, uh, you're not going to do anything about it, you know? And I was in a situation where I had friends around me that were able to lend me enough strength at that moment to make the choice and to see that if I went home, I could get killed. Yeah. So I left California that day and moved to the Northwest. Mm. And that was the choice that I made. And when I got here, I realized this is where I wanted to be. And I've stayed and my life has never been better. Absolutely. And I'm so happy. But I can completely relate to that because you make your whole life about someone or, you know what I mean? And that's a conscious choice. Absolutely. You know, and you can absolutely piggyback right down their bad road if you allow it, you know? And that, that relationship has been 
the greatest teacher in my life. Amen. Say, say more about that, yeah, yeah. Henry. Sorry, go ahead. Say, uh, no, no, I wanted you to, to add say more, more, add more to that. that. Say more about um, that. I, it has taught me to, one, take care of myself. Like, as much as I'm a nurturing personality, it, it's so difficult to remember to take care of yourself. Uh-huh. And, you know, after that, I had to, like, write things on my mirror and be like, you know, you are beautiful, you are wonderful, you are you are perfect as you are. Keep growing each day. Like, I had to write that on my mirror. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I got a, I got a few on my mirror right now. <laughs> so I do the same thing. It's, it's great um, positive work. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was really important. And I grew so much after that. And, you know, I found out who my friends were. And grew so much closer to them. Your true friends. The people Absolutely. that really matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more that you continue to live your authentic life and, and create your reality the way you want it to be, you know, that's when you have the friends that are got your back, ride or die, you Absolutely. know, and you meet the, you start meeting the people who could potentially be partners in your life that would be long-lasting situations, you know. It's all about mm-hmm. what, it's all about what you want. Making it happen. So after after so so you had this what turned out to be a wonderful relationship in the sense that it had you well a wonderful experience a wonderful yeah, lesson. Yeah, yeah, a wonderful yeah, experience yeah, sense, out of yes. a, a not so fun situation. Yes. And it and so who who did you meet after that? Well, after that I um you know, I tried to get back into dating because it had been a long time. Um and I started seeing some guys and, uh, you know, some, some girls and I, you know, was trying to, it, it was a summer and it was trying to figure out what I wanted, what my future was and who I was and just like trying to get back on that track. And it was really nice because I had my good friend, Sarah, um, just, just got really close and, um, that's when I met my current, current girlfriend, Erica. I met her last August. And how did you meet her? <laughs> um, and I met her. We, we, we met on the uh, first day of school. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cute. <laughs> we met. <clears throat> sorry. Um, we met and uh, from mutual friends, and um, we just sort of we well we quite frankly we were um, drinking that night and watching too cute basically what you're supposed to do is is nobody smiles or says aw that's the goal but it always happens <laughs> <laughs> and um we just got talking and we got to be really good friends and then we got really closer and then um she and i went to watch the uh blood moon eclipse oh, yeah yeah that was amazing the, the super moon eclipse yeah. yes and um that was our first date and so that's what we sort of decided oh. as our very auspicious <laughs> Why yeah, is it auspicious, Remy? Well, I mean, just the thought that they started their relationship, quote-unquote, you know, if you consider your first date part of the beginning, on the eclipse of the super blood moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a witch, so to me, that's just an auspicious <laughs> thing. Why is it an auspicious thing to you guys? It would, to me, it'd be, it's a good luck sign that nice. things are starting on a good note. Nice. And you guys, you guys have been together how, you and Sarah, is it? Erica. 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 Erica has been together how long? Since October. Well, it's uh, about six and a half months now. Nice. <laughs> That's what it was. And uh, how's it going? 
It's going fantastic. Nice. Honestly, I mean, we couldn't be happier. I'm sure you could, but... <laughs> <laughs> Every, there's no limit there's, to happiness, That's right. right. You can always be happier, bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, then, I, I suppose that each day we try to make each other happier. Hey, fantastic. Nice. Congratulations. Nice. Congratulations. I like it. Absolutely. And I, I just... I wake up next to her, and we both, every day, just smile at each other, and it's Aww. it's wonderful. And I know the difference. I know the difference um, between, you know, waking up next to Chris all, all that time and... Wanting to punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, girl. But see, that proves that you've learned the lesson in that yeah. situation, you Absolutely. know, and that you don't have to repeat that lesson as long as when it comes around again, you make the better choices. And I would never, like, you know, you, you ask your question, if you could go back and change it, would you? No. And, and I ask myself, would I? And, you know, there are those times where you think, well, of course I would. But honestly, if, if given the chance, I would never. Because there, there's a quote, I forget who it is, I think it's Alfred Tennyson, but I can't remember. Uh, where he talks about, he looks at all the books on his shelf, and, you know, he says, why bother reading all these books when I'm not going to remember all that is in them, when I'm not going to remember every page? All I'm going to remember are titles and names of who wrote them and just some facts about the books. And then he concludes it by saying, even so, they have made me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I look at my when I look at my past, it's like, would I change it? No. Even so, it has made me. That's right. That's and you that that to me tells me that you like who you are today. Yeah. Absolutely. And that you're able to look back at those negative experiences in a more positive light and say, you know what, that was fucking bullshit, and I <laughs> wish I didn't have to have gone through it, but since I did, I'm happy for it because it has <laughs> given me, you know. Uh, what is it? We we. Uh, it doesn't kill it. us, makes us stronger. Yeah, right? and that's that's yeah. a true statement. If if you don't crumble under that, and you're able to come through it, then you have you've become just that much stronger. It's There's, only a mistake if you don't learn. Exactly. Amen. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a mistake if you don't learn. It's interesting because there's there 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 are qualities of experience that one can have in an experience there's this the experience that we're talking about where you have the experience and it's shitty and but at the end of the experience or sometime later after the experience you look back and you say yeah that was shitty but i've learned so much as a result of that and look what i have now as a result of that experience i had you can't separate your your past experiences from your current experience it's all tied together but then there's this other p potential where you can have an experience that you would ordinarily think is shitty, think it's actually, it's going to work out for you. And as a result of having that thought by itself, the experience that you're having that you would have ordinarily thought is shitty actually occurs as okay. Mm -hmm. And with practice, those shitty experiences can be transformed into non-shitty experiences. Right. They can be actually lots and lots and lots of fucking practice. <laughs> yeah, <take> <laughs> 
that technique all the time. In fact, the worse the situation gets, I have this little say, I'm like, wow, I'm really curious as to how this is going to be a positive influence on my life. But then the worse it gets, like, the more curious I get. I'm like, wow, I'm really, really curious how T-boning this telephone pole is going to be a positive influence on my life. So, yeah, it takes a little bit of practice, and it takes... Um, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice. And it, what's interesting, though, is that it seems to me, in my experience, that when you do do that practice the universe does provide you with ex with with uh, evidence that your practice is working. Well, right. And you know, this goes into the whole knee-jerk response. You know what I mean? We all have those knee-jerk responses, and the knee-jerk response of T-boning into a light pole is going to be, oh, fuck, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Know? Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's getting through that and realizing, okay, that was not so fun. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe we can do something different next time. Exactly. You know? So, Anne-Marie, was there anything that you took away from your relationship with Chris that helped you develop as a person and then helped you be aware of the choices you're making and your power therein? I know that's kind of a heavy statement, but I guess what I'm asking is, do you now see yourself not repeating things you've done in the past or making different decisions to con control your destiny now um i mean i can say that 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 relationship changed almost everything uh -huh. um as for my choices it in an almost sad way it makes me more skeptical of people um more cautious. Maybe More we could cautious. use the word realistic. Um, which, which is yes. good because, they you have know. flaws as well. Sometimes you have to learn that not everyone who says they're your friend is. Um, My dad had taught me you can only count your friends on one hand. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's an important lesson to learn. But it's also kind of sad because before that I had a sort of innocence where the world was fantastic. The world was good, you know. Ignorance that. is bliss, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's no going back. <laughs> it's, it's and, and you lose that. So, where I in order to learn, I did have to lose. But I gained so much more. In, yeah. In my choices and my wisdom, and in knowing that what I want is someone who is also confident, someone who is, is not looking for someone to complete them, someone who is looking to join the journey with them. Hey, you know? man, that's beautiful. Wow, that's really positive. It is very positive. What's well, the difference of walking down the path together and giving someone a fucking piggyback ride yeah, all absolutely. the way down? Yeah, yeah. Little silence is okay. I'm pondering what's going on. You, you had quite a question? few things that you, you started, Perry, but yeah, you stopped. Yeah, I really so, to hear yeah so the, the, the idea of being realistic is, is something that I am 100% against. Because there's real, real, being realistic acknowledges a couple of things that I think are disempowering to the person. One is that when you're, when you're being realistic, in my understanding of that phrase, you're looking at the world as it is. And looking at the world as it is is just going to give you more of what you what you're looking at. And so there's another opportunity, and it it does take practice, like Remy says. And Remy is Remy um, and Marie is is experiencing firsthand 
this process that we talk about in, in the Transamorous mm -hmm. Network. And it does take work to get it started because, as Shannon has pointed out in the past, the momentum of our old way of living is is has our way with us. And mm -hmm. so in order to, to find this new way that I'm about to talk about, you have to put practice into it to establish a new momentum. And so... When you're looking at when you're looking at what is, if for example you consider I have to be more cautious over men because men are X Y Z, that's a belief. Well, anyone or any anyone, it, it's it's all in the context of being quote unquote realistic. You're actually you're actually giving up your 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 you're not giving it up because you can't give it up, but you're you're you're. Um, disacknowledging, if I may say, your creative power in your in your life. And so by saying, well, I have to be realistic, you're not acknowledging that you're you're actually being creative. And you can say, you can create a, a new what is by not looking at what is, but declaring what's gonna be. And and it's it's a it's just a matter of pro, it's just a matter of a process of saying, you know, everything is working out for me. The world is a wonderful place and all is well. And and if you, those those sound like you know platitudinal um, affirmations, but there is power behind that. And if you can maintain that, instead of looking at what is, you create what is. And so the creation becomes more and more what your stories are, instead of what you're seeing in the world around you. Mm. So it's it's a hard, not hard. Remy and I go back with this back and forth with this word. Hard is not the right word. It's not easy. It's not <laughs> easy. It's not easy to get there. But the evidence that shows up when you live from that creative place instead of that looking at the world and being quote unquote realistic place, the evidence that shows up confirms your new position if you can take it. Well, right. And it's it's being able to not let those knee jerk reactions take control over you. Because, right. like, you know, we talked about that. I was like, well, yeah, okay, it sounds great, but how do you do it? Especially when you have a knee-jerk reaction that's like, I want to throat punch somebody. Right. For, the, <laughs> for that response, you know what I mean? And and how do you make that different, or, or don't allow that to actually take control over you and be like, okay, I had that emotion, I had that response, you know, but now I can make it a better situation or make it a better from this point forward. Right. And I think it's very important that we bring up just who we're talking about when everything that was just said I agree with completely. Mm -hmm. When we you know, own our power and be creative instead of being realistic, we open the doors for ourselves. But as it applies, let's just use this for an example, to Chris and Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie might be sitting there going, oh, well, I have all this control and creativity and I just have to make these decisions. But you know what? Chris might not want to change. Well, exactly. So we have to be clear that we're only talking about ourselves. And so yes. when I was saying, let's be realistic, I was speaking only about Chris. And so let's, can, would you talk a little bit about that, Perry, about when you're in a situation where you know you have control and power, not to confuse that with your control and power over somebody else and uh, their decisions. Right. So the, yes. that relationship. Yes. Yeah, so the, so our lives are, are always revolving around us you know people say don't be selfish but actually that's what life is all about yes. being selfish it's all about you in your life and so <laughs> but when someone like what like chris shows up in in some in your life you can't control what chris is going to do or not do but you can control what you think about what chris is doing and you can make choices based on what you're deciding to think about so if if for example chris is is doing something that you would ordinarily... I'm not talking to you, Anne-Marie. I'm just using right. Chris as an example. 
if, if, for example, Chris is doing something, let's say I'm in a relationship with Chris, and Chris is doing something that I would ordinarily interpret as he is taking advantage of me, that's the knee-jerk reaction. And that probably comes from some sort of conditioning that I've received in the past that makes me interpret what Chris is doing as taking advantage of me. Right. But if you if I say instead what you were saying, Shannon, about your life, that I'm really excited to see how this is going to work out for me, then you you totally transform that experience that you're having with Chris in that moment. And it doesn't really matter what Chris does, because it doesn't matter what Chris does, because the universe is all about me. It's all about Remy. It's for Remy, and it's all about Shannon for Shannon, and it's all about Chris for Chris. And so when we when we are able to look at Chris and say, as we're sitting in a relationship with him, and say, you know, what Chris is doing is what Chris is doing, and it has nothing to do with me. I am not affected by his behavior. He's a wonderful person. I'm a wonderful person. Chris is doing what he's doing, and I know this is going to work out for me. Something really miraculous happens, and that is that the universe works that out for you in a way that you couldn't possibly have worked out because your brain is not wired to, to deal with all of the variables involved in that dynamic. And so at the end of the relationship, you end up basically work, where Anne-Marie ends up anyway, except the journey of getting there is much more pleasurable and in the process of it being much more pleasurable because you're not seeing yourself as a victim, you're not, you're not being negative about what Chris is doing, the, the next step that happens in your life is far more positive than it is when you're criticizing Chris and blaming Chris and seeing yourself as a victim and, and complaining about your relationship. But you're talking also about like how the stories maybe not match anymore, right? You met Chris because your stories, the stories that you're telling about your world, your life, who you are and where you've been, are matching up on some level. But through this process of growing, living, and experiencing, maybe your stories aren't going to line up anymore. And that's why that's why relationships end, basically. So my relationship with Chris, in my example, Anne-Marie, again, we're not talking about you, my right. relationship with Chris, however it ends, ended because our stories no longer match. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, Chris is a different person as a result of that relationship, and I'm a different person. And so the next person I meet is another opportunity of Matt's story. And so, but the, but, but what's interesting about how this whole, we have this, you know, I don't know if you looked at the Transamorous Network um, website, Anne-Marie, but we have these products called the Man's Guide to Finding Your Transgender Partner and the, the Trans Woman's Guide to Finding Your Ideal Partner. And in them, we talk about this philosophy that we're talking about right now. But what, what's really interesting is this process that I'm talking about happens whether we're conscious of it or not. Right. The opportunity here is to take control of the process and create your life deliberately. Right, become conscious of yes, it. Yes, become Choose conscious become of become it. become conscious. Yes, and so when you do that, and I think Remy, Remy is demonstrating it in her life, and I'm certainly demonstrating it in my life, when you do that, your life just really changes for the better, and things start going well for you all the time. I'm reminded of a quote, and I don't know who said it, maybe the Dalai Lama, but that we live life, and there are seven degrees to heaven, and there are seven degrees to hell. But the destination is the same place. It's all about the way you choose to get there. Yes. Do you make it a positive experience through heaven, or do you take yourself through the hell? Right. You know, and no matter where, which direction you choose, it actually does end up in the same place. It does end up in the same place. Everyone's dead. <laughs> and with that, the show's over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, you know, that's just, 
It's all about the perspective. It is all about the perspective. It is all about the perspective. Because every, you know, each one of us right now is having a different perspective of this radio show that's happening, you know, this podcast. No matter where you are and how many people are in the room, each one of them is going to have a different perspective of what's going on in the situation, you know? And everyone's going to tell the story differently. That's correct. If they were to repeat it, you know? And every story is valid for every person. Mm -hmm. The question is, does your story fill you with joy and happiness and empowerment and, and confidence, or does it disempower you and discourage you and send you into depression or anger or jealousy or envy or any of those negative emotions? And the key, ele- the key purpose of these emotions is the emotions are telling you what reality you're creating. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling negative, you're creating more of what you're experiencing, that negative experience for your future. If you're feeling empowered and positive and excited and eager about life and joyful about where you are and happy about your circumstances, then of course Ew. you're going to create that. You're going to create more of that in your life. And I can attest that that's what's happening. Right? <laughs> that's what's happening in my life. You know, the more I continue to tell my story and change the way and the, and the momentum behind it all, the more positive things just keep like throwing themselves in my path. And it's mm-hmm. bloody awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really is. It's, it's a, the, the ride has become so much fun. It's interesting. My, my wife, um, feel free to jump in whenever you want, Emery. My wife is, uh, she started this preschool uh, three years ago and she believes what we're talking about. And Every year, that that company has grown by a hundred thousand dollars. This year, this last year, she made three hundred thousand, and last and this year, we're on track for a four hundred thousand dollar year. That is awesome! It's wow. really awesome. But what's, what's really cool is that we so her preschool has it exists in the house that we live in, and then the house next door, uh, we are renting from the owners, and then the house across the street, we're also renting from that owner. And and Bridget, my my wife, said. It would be really cool if I could own the house next door sooner than um, we currently plan. So she's on a rent-to-buy uh, plan for a three-year with the first mm-hmm, option mm-hmm. to purchase. And yesterday, so she said this last week, yesterday the owners of that house called and said, our financial situation has changed. We're See? looking to sell the house sooner than later. You guys interested See? in buying it? So this, yes, please. This thank you. Thing thing. Happens. These, ha- <laughs> these things happen all the time in our life. And so... You just have to put it out there. You just got to put it out there. And then you have to maintain this this emotional stance of eagerness and positivity and expectation and joy. And also... It's the happy train. Yeah, the happy but once train. you put it out there, the yep. once you put it out there, it's also very important to realize your power in that situation that it's going to come true. If you put it out there and you believe in it, it's going to happen. So you better start preparing for it. Absolutely. Yes, get, get ready, bitch. Bridge it off, Etsy. You better start laying the groundwork. You better start studying. You better start hustling. And depending on whatever you put out there, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Hello. Yes. So what do you think about all that stuff, Anne-Marie? We've kind of left the conversation. Right. Totally taking it in. Um, no, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's It's important to project that sort of positivity especially for the you know as much as we've talked about how how healthy it is for yourself it's also really healthy for the people around you yeah and and how how important it is that you take care of yourself so that you can help the other people around you who who might not be feeling that positive positivity or who might be going through a personal hell and it's 
It's so important to reach out to those people. And, and it's important. Go ahead, Remy. Well, I was going to say, if we're talking, you know, this takes me into like the whole energy and vibration of the universe and the vibration and energy of each one of us. And yes. when you are in that darker, negative places, you're vibrating on that level. And that's why you're bringing in those other dark, negative things. But when you start vibrating on that higher vibration, your frequency starts to tune in with people mm-hmm. who match that and, and, and just just the knowing each other and stuff can help each other's momentum, you know, and vibrations to keep putting out there those ripples into the universe yes. to bring back all those wonderful things. Yes. It's so beautiful. No, it's, I completely agree, Remy. In fact, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know what I believe as far as, like, that thing goes, but you talk about energy and frequency, and I use the word resonate all the time now just because I've, I've literally been walking down the street and walked by with somebody it maybe made eye contact, maybe not, but I felt them walk by. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I don't know what that is, and mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but I've stopped, turned around, and said, I have to meet you. Who are you? And it's developed into great friendships or, you know, whatever. But I, 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 I completely understand what you're saying, man, because it makes sense to me, and I feel it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And that works in a positive and a negative way. Sometimes I'll meet people, and I'll be like, you know what? You're just not in the right place right now for us to move forward in life together, so it's not. And it's, it's subtle and it's powerful. Like, you don't know... When you're walking down the street and you smile at a person, you don't know the effect that that smile has had on that person, especially strangers. You know, you don't know. It's magic. It's magic, right? You and no, literally, it's magic. It is. I mean, you, you, you could Kindness be. Kindness is one of the, is one of the most important and one of the most powerful things from day to day. Yes. It in and in, in the smallest ways, and it can make a friendship richer, a love more wonderful and it can break animosity it, it's amazing it really is it really Random is acts of kindness you know could give that waitress that was having a horrible day just that turnaround to let her know that it's gonna get okay yeah. and it's not gonna always be bad yeah you never know there was a time when i would walk down the street and i would smile at a person and the person wouldn't smile back and i would think to myself oh man i feel bad i should i shouldn't have done that they didn't give me what i wanted and Whatnot, and and then um, then I, there was times when I would walk down the street and I'd want to smile at someone, but I was afraid that they wouldn't smile back, and so I wouldn't smile at them. You know, I'd be all self-conscious. Now I just go down the street smiling at people because I know that in some way that smile is going to brighten that person's day, and it might be so subtle that that person won't feel it, but it has changed them. And then how much better do you feel? Yeah, that's what I was gonna go. Yeah, yeah. go there. That's yeah. what it's, so that's what matters. Exactly. How you exactly. feel walking down the street. Yeah. Exactly. And if you can walk down the street and smile at everybody and not give a damn if they smile yeah. back. Right. But enjoy if they do. Yes. Yeah. And even if they don't, enjoy it anyway, yeah, right? That's all right. Well, you enjoyed my smile. Have exactly. a great one. Exactly. <laughs> I remember there was this um this was years ago, but there was this uh, guy named Daniel and he and I just we butt heads all the time. Like he, like, and we both saw it as hubris in each other. Like we both thought each other was arrogant, but there was one day where, you know, we were in uh, a class together and it was sort of this kumbaya moment where the teacher had us, you know, all in a circle and said why each of us is important to the, to the department. And, you know, it, it came to where I had to talk about him. And we, you know, we both felt that sort of vibe in each other. And I realized in that moment that I needed to put away my own negativity, my own hubris, and I just needed to be kind. 
And I, I looked at him and I said, Daniel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't gotten to know you on a better level. And I'm sorry that we haven't got to be friends. And I think that you do wonderful work. And I hope we can build that. And the look on his face, he was just astonished. Like, he wasn't Lord. expecting anything like that. Right. That's awesome. Right. And since then, I know since that moment that everything between us changed. And, and we've been friends ever since. Oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. humility can beautiful. be very powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, and acknowledging other people and, and the, the positive in them. And acknowledging your own faults. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I am not perfect, but so, parts of me are. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, but it's a little off track. I don't know if I should ask it now or at the end of the oh, show. Oh, throw it out. Okay, yeah. Anne-Marie, Just I've got a question for you because it, I'm very curious about how you feel with regard to the question because I'm very much in the same place in my life right now. I identify as pansexual, and so I date men, women, whatever. I don't judge you by the shape of your genitalia. Sure. Do you find a difference between the genders, and do you find one or the other, and in different ways, to be more or less fulfilling to your needs? Because that's something I'm experiencing right now. I've dated both men and women recently, and they're both beautiful. <laughs> but there's pros and cons to each side. How have you felt with dating both sides? Um, I, I can only, I can totally understand that because, you know, it's been quite the journey learning, you know, who I am as well as learning what it all means. Mm -hmm. So I can say that I'm still on that journey, but like I've come to more conclusions about it being that, you know, I, I, I'm the same. I've, I've dated both men and women, and they both have their pros and, pros and cons. And I can say that at the moment, I feel more inclined to women, but not in an exclusive way. And gender has become much more fluid in my eyes. It's become much more amorphous, I guess I can say. Yeah. Um, yeah it's interesting that I see I, I've seen some stories of uh, trans women who and Shannon weigh in here I, I've seen some stories of trans women who initially seek a male partner but find for whatever reason find not in, I don't think the reasons that you're pointing to potentially but find find the experience of trying to find a male partner so un unsatisfactory that they then choose a female partner mm -hmm. and and it, it seems to me that I'm, I'm saying this as a male I'm hesitating because I don't I, I'll go say okay. it please <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We'll it, seem, it <laughs> seems like they're 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 uh, they're throwing out men because because the type of men that they're meeting aren't satisfactory, which which and then and then they make the conclusion, well, all men are that way, so they give up on men and turn to women. Oh, that's a story. Well, I, that's when a I see when a... I see trans women saying that, I mm -hmm. often look back at the trans women and go, all right, where are you looking for your men? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're not usually looking for their men in this place Thank in life you. they want to live in. Yeah. They find their men elsewhere, and then they go, okay, now come up to this life I want to live. And the man goes, no, 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 I'm here. Yeah. So if, if I see that happening, I see that as more of a problem of where are you looking? You're not looking in your own space, in your own level, in your own life. You're going, 
I don't want to use the word down, but let's just say that you're going Lower to Lower frequency. <laughs> you're going to find them. They're searching for men in places that they don't want to live. So don't search for men there because mm -hmm. that's not where your man is. Mm -hmm. You don't want a bottom level. feeder. Yeah. Don't go dredging the bottoms. And that, that, <laughs> that oftentimes has to do with low self-esteem, mm -hmm. self-worth, things like that. So, like, you just need to look in the right places. I found some I think, really amazing men. I think that I always, like, understood that, like... I, I like I wouldn't attribute my bad relationship with Chris was because he was a boy. Like I wouldn't say that. I would say it's it's you know because of the circumstances of everything that's going on. Because you know I met I met wonderful men. I really did. Um, but Anne Marie and uh, I, Erica and I um, just. I mean we we just vibed and like. We were able to be friends first, and we were able to discover the love that we had. Yeah. And it wasn't about gender. It was about because we loved each other. Like, that's what it was, which is beautiful. Yeah, someone you like sharing your space with. That is mm -hmm. beautiful. So, that, so the answer is the answer to, to Shannon's question, then, that it... The gender didn't really matter. Pros and cons all aside, it, you this is the person you ended up in love with. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, obviously, yes, there are pros and cons. And, like, men are more inclined to do certain things and be certain ways, and women are more inclined to be other ways. Like, that, in you general. Know, yeah. That happens. But put those aside, and it just depends on is there love. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that the... Uh, there's a, there seems to be a dynamic going on where life is causing, at least in the areas where I think we exist, a hyper expression of diversity, mm. where it doesn't really, where, where people at this level don't really care what the gender expression is or, or actually don't care much about anything other than it does love present itself here. Mm -hmm. And there they find their joy and their happiness in, in the context of relationship. And I think that's, a beautiful thing. That's beautiful. It is beautiful, and it, and at the same time, it confronts mainstream society with their own, if I may, diversity limitations. So when they see, you know, a, a butch trans man and a, a, a feminine cis woman together, they just well, if they can tell, if they. If they have any sensitivity to realize that that's a trans man, or they just see a guy, it doesn't really matter. But if they recognize it as a trans man, then then they're they're confronted with this reality check for them, like, oh my God, what is society's going to hell? Look at the you know these kind of weird interpretations when it really when what it really is is this hyper expression of diverse versions of love that is beautiful. Well, I've had and I've had to learn the fact that everybody feels fear. And fear is what drives anger and hatred. Like, those people hate because they are afraid. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to lose what they think they have or are afraid of, of what might be, what, what, whatever that means. But, like, you have to understand that that hatred comes from a negativity in them. And that's sad. That's sad that they're going through that. It's interesting that you say that in the context of the conversation that 
that we were having that's in the early part of this tape that we probably won't include in the show because it came up before the introduction. But you're talking it, about the uh, the measure that's being the HB two yeah, in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you do you have this perspective you just expressed with regard to what's going on there? I do. I do. That's a really generous perspective to take, and and, and it's it's difficult. I because, bet it's difficult. You know, you want to be angry about it as well. You want to be angry at those people that that would limit that. But how how are you going to help the world by fighting with fire? You Lovely, know? well said. Yeah. The well, I ain't gonna waste my breath screaming at somebody who ain't gonna listen, no matter exactly. what I say. Yeah. Especially um, someone who's in fear. It's like that example I gave with my friend Daniel. You know, I could have just been petty and said some some bullshit kindness and gone on with the rest of my life, but I didn't. I was kind, and I, you know, kindness is what drives growth. We're gonna let you have the last word on that one. <laughs> that was beautiful, that was and. Thank you so much for being our guest today on the Transformers Network podcast. Really appreciate your your being here. Thank you thank so you. much. Great Anne-Marie. job, Emily. That was beautiful. Thank you for thank sharing you. with us your experience and yes, story. Thank you. Absolutely. It was wonderful to be on. Thanks. And tune in next time, listeners, where we'll have another interesting guest. And going forward, we'll be sure to mention who that guest is because we have the schedule. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not. Well, anyway. Have a great <laughs> rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Transamorous Network Podcast. Transamorous Network Podcast is a broadcast property of the Transamorous Network. Find us online at transamorousnetwork.com, transamorousnetwork.tumblr.com, and on YouTube, Transamorous Network. Thanks for listening.